The Lord said to Moses, Go, leave this place, you and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, and go to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your descendants I will give it. Exodus chapter 33, verse 1. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dowd. And I'm Reagan Gilliland. And this is Off Script, a podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on last Sunday's sermon, talk about the theology behind it, and get a chance to discuss anything that ended up on the cutting room floor. We are in week three of our Into the Wilderness, the story of Moses and Miriam series. So I had the first week, Reagan had the second week, inspired me as I was writing the sermon for the third week. So this is from Exodus 33, and on the podcast feed... Like, people can listen to it, right? Mm-hmm. If they don't okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, assume, I'm assuming everyone knows that. Everyone's more savvy about that than I am. I mean, that's my hope. By this point. I think so. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. We <laughs> post about it, too. So. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, Chris, we know already. Duh. Um, okay, I just need to confess. So, we're recording. It's Monday. It's rainy. Yes. So, it's rainy, and it's a Monday, and yes. it's gray. So, about one fifteen, I was like, I could go. I could use a Starbucks. Mm. And then oh. I remembered... Oh, I have a podcast. Huh. And so then I went to our fridge and made just K-Cup. Mm-hmm. And I think I might have used some of your creamer. Oh, yeah. The silk? Yeah. That's so, good. You like it? I do like it. It's so, re- just, that, so that is the best. So I try to do, this is not a medical podcast, but for blood sugar <laughs> control, I do vegan as much as possible, which for me means nine meal. I track them, nine meals a week. So basically three days a week I'm vegan. But then I cut out as much other dairy as I can. And I am, I mean, I have to have half and half with coffee. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like, unless I do uh, pour over, that's fine. But regular brewed coffee must have half and half. And so when I first started doing this particular kind of diet a couple of years ago, it recommended removing all dairy. And this I panicked. So I tried probably, I don't even know, 15, 16 different kinds of, of non-dairy creamers, meaning like, Soy milk, coconut milk. So the the green silk, you can't always find it. So when I find it at Walmart or Sprouts or wherever we're shopping, I, I buy three. <laughs> I buy yeah. two for home and one for here. And so that one is a blend of coconut milk and oat milk. And oat milk. Yeah. And it is it's good. Well, I use some. Sorry, you can't find it very often. But no, you're welcome to. Okay. So I have a backup. I bought three more over the weekend. All right, I got real nervous. I was like, I think this is Chris, but I really need it. <laughs> and, but it's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did good. you shake it up before you poured it in? I did. Yeah. You know what else it's good in? So now, okay. I'm ready. This is going to be a coffee. Yeah, yeah let's, coffee. Just, let's just talk about coffee. Yeah. So um, I, when we, we did a big remodel on our house starting in April, and it became very challenging because we had, we had to, it was on the kitchen, so we, had to, we moved all the kitchen stuff into the dining room with no you know, limited preparation space and um, availability. So I stopped using my like, traditional espresso maker, and I bought a Breville mini Nespresso machine. And so now, um, as part of like the package of you know sampler stuff you get, they had iced coffee. So I'm a little bit obsessed with my two shots of iced co- of espresso over ice with that milk that you're that sort yeah. of that half yeah. and half that you're drinking and a full packet of stevia. So good. Wow. That Matter of fact, I can't really wait to good. have one when I get home. <laughs> it's the thing I look forward to every day. That's awesome. Yeah. My yeah. parents just visited me from. Uh, New Braunfels, mm-hmm. but they just recently spent a month in Europe. Must be nice. Whoa. 
Must be nice. Are they retired? Wait, they can't be retired. No, just, you know, family business. Do what you want. Find the mom. Work for yourself. Oh, we have a promotional products company called Heart of Texas Enterprises out of uh, New Braunfels, Texas, if anybody needs anything with their name on it. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. But what's that got to do with Europe? Are there manufacturer? No, they can just take off when they want to take oh, off. Oh, <laughs> this was not a business trip. No. <laughs> no, my brother didn't take off. He held down the fort. But they did bring me back some amazing Italian mm. coffee mm. that I got to sample mm. this morning called Mrs. Maisel. Oh <laughs> Mrs. Maisel. She <laughs> Mrs. keeps coming up. No, Mrs. Mrs. Rose. Coffee. Mrs. Rose's coffee. And huh. this is like the, the drip coffee of the jam. of Italy. Huh. So All right. Very good. We'll have to very give it a exciting. shot. I want to do it with like that though. I want to do the two shots and the you. ice. So and and this uh espresso maker, the pods are all aluminum, so I feel way better about oh, it. Now that's they are good. a pain to clean and rinse mm-hmm. and recycle. Mm-hmm. As my wife will tell you, because I stack up. She's like, oh, my God, how much coffee do you drink? A lot. Oh, <laughs> a, a lot. A lot is yes. the answer. But, it's, but I can feel better. So we, we compost the grinds. Yep. And then we recycle the aluminum. Yep. The Nespresso is it's so good. Super good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier than espresso machine. Well, thanks for joining us this week. That's our podcast. <laughs> That's our podcast. <laughs> Look, coffee is important to church people. Yeah. It really yeah, is. It's, it's a thing. It's a, a thing. thing. We serve good mm-hmm. coffee here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we should talk about the sermon. Okay, so you open up. I thought your opening was really clever, um, talking about Miss Marvel. Yeah, thanks. We're big fans of that, and and the Gilliland household. It's really good. And she she's just so cute. It's it's so good. And I think that was her first act, like acting. She's job. like sixteen or something. Like she just tried. Yeah. Oh, I'll just try it, and then she gets this lead uh-huh. role. But what I really loved is you taught you opened up by talking about how you somehow missed a major historical event. Yeah. Yes. Or Did y'all know no, about the I had never heard of okay. this. I didn't know. I didn't know about it either until uh, watching until the show. Oh, yeah. So you talk about this event and and yeah, like I didn't know much about it. And then you said you probably learned about it, but maybe not in depth. Mm-hmm. All of that. So what did that feel like to be in the dark about such a big event like the Are partition? You, and you're not roasting me right now because you didn't know it either. No, mm-hmm. no. So, like I. F- Listen, I feel I consider myself a pretty well informed human. Yeah. And not only I mean just about about certain things in particular. I mean, about some things not at all. But on you know, like global events and all that, certainly twentieth century history, I feel like I know pretty well. Yeah. This is true. So we moved we I grew up in Maryland. My parents built a house my freshman year in high school, and we moved to a new district my sophomore year in high school. The old district taught Amer- American history so, uh, freshman year and then World history sophomore year. The one we moved to taught world history freshman year and American history mm. sophomore year. So I got two years of American history. And I'd never seen the movie Gandhi because somebody mm-hmm. walked, uh, a church member, a saint of the church walked out and said, Chris, have you never seen Gandhi? I'm like, you know, I know I should have, but that was like, that just predated me. Like I was like, a, I was in junior high maybe when it came out, I think like 82, 83, somewhere like that. So I think that's a probably a pretty big player in, in that movie because it, um, you know, Gandhi was, his work was during that era. But when they kept talking about it in the show, I thought, I asked the boys if they knew what, Max and Simon, if they knew what it was, and they didn't either. So it was as dramatic as at midnight, two different countries exist. Mm-hmm. Like there was a deadline where people had to get where they were going. And there, and when you read about the violence, I mean, they, the New York Times interviewed somebody, uh, did a series a couple weeks ago, where they interviewed people who had survived. So it was 75 years ago, so these people in their you know, early 80s, mm-hmm. early enough, I mean, 
they were old enough at the time to have had memories. Mm-hmm. And they were like, the trains were going by decapitated bodies and mm. like corpses rotting in the streets. Like it was a, it was a massively traumatic event mm. for the Indian subcontinent. Mm-hmm. And based entirely on religious differences. And now there's always politics involved with that kind of thing. There's always secular violence. It's not really tied to religion, but it, it was all kind of packed into this moment. And so um, I didn't want to emphasize the violence so much because I, I mean, that, that's a story to explore for sure. But for me, it's the chaos of 15 million people uprooting themselves yeah. and heading in different directions all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So how many how many Israelites, if, if, if the numbers in Scripture are even remotely accurate, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about a million people or more mm-hmm. on the move at a time when a million people didn't live anywhere. Like, I mean, that was a massive, massive migration. So um, what I appreciated about the show was that, like, I mean, we're several generations past that, and it still echoes in the family memory mm-hmm. um, as part of the point of the show. So, I mean, it's... It's a superhero movie, so it's light in some areas. But I thought it did a really good job of, of telling the story. I mean, I just it just reminded me of how many historical events, I think, in the last few years that I've been made aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when people are like, I never knew about the Tulsa race massacre, so, like mm-hmm. things like that. We're like, how did I not know mm-hmm. this? And so I feel for people that are like, how do you not know that this is part of my history? Mm-hmm. And it, it just... It just reminded me in this sermon to like, I don't know, to read more, educate myself, because that's going to be so heartbreaking to be like, you have no idea what my experience or my group of people or my country, whatever it may be. Um, And also how we can assume we know things or we blur stories together. I think that often we've talked about this a little bit, how sometimes scripture we blur things like oh no i think it says that and then you go back and read it go no how Mm -hmm. why did i think that happened in a bible story and just the influence of pop culture different things and so it's good to read things for ourselves Mm -hmm. especially these stories that you think you know really well yeah when in the bible and go back and like okay what what's been messed with as as you've (laughs) grown up and make sure you actually know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. well uh, then you layer on top of that our tendency to read Christian things into yeah. scriptures that are not Christian. Uh-huh. I mean, they are because they're part of our tradition, but yeah. they predate any knowledge of Christ. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, like it's one thing to read uh, Genesis 1 and the breath of God's moving over the water and to say from a Christian perspective, that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's another to assume that that author was talking about the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. I've Anytime I've taken a class or had any sort of Jewish teacher or professor, <laughs> you know, we read things that are like, you're reading that as a Christian. I need you to reread it. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, sorry. Uh, but it's just, it's you know, it's yeah. just kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, not sorry. It's, yeah. okay, it's okay to bring that experience as long, oh, as, you're, sure. as, long as you're conscious of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought it was just a good start of us acknowledging from the get go of like, there's things that we don't know about or we thought we knew. And I don't know. That's just such a good mindset as we go into reading, I think, the Bible. And my point in bringing that up was, like, in, uh, honestly, when I was listening to you preach at 845 last, last week, because that was the only service I got to hear you preach. So I oh, went yeah. to 945 for Sunday school and then went down and heard Stephanie at Modern. But as you were saying it, I was thinking of the Miss Marvel thing, like the, the chaos of being on the move, in a, like in this sudden way, this unexpected way, this way you can't really prepare for. You're uprooting everything you know and everything your 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 community has known for Four centuries. Yeah. I mean, 400 years ago, we weren't a country, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about the early settlement of America. 
So I think it's easy to read that golden calf story and, and shake our heads like, oh, mm-hmm. what a bunch of fools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they just wanted a little security. Yeah. So yeah, we'll talk about that. But first, let's talk about how I inspired you. Um, <laughs> more about me. More about how else do I inspire you, Chris? <laughs> we can just stay on this point. No, well, I was going to I was gonna um, do a riff on, like, clearly I need to be here in a leotard with my tambourine. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, it, mm-hmm. but I thought that was probably a little... A little flippant. People, especially if they weren't here last week, they'd be like, what, what? is he yeah. talking about? <laughs> so week three, tell us where we've been in this story, um, what parts we skipped over, and now where are we in mm-hmm. the Exodus story? So we started with the call of Moses at the, at the burning bush, and then we skipped over the plagues, and your sermon was, um, so God, uh, Moses challenges Pharaoh, led by God, God sends 10 plagues, to, well, basically teach Pharaoh a lesson. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's the Passover, which is the 10th plague. The angel of death passes over the houses of the faithful. And Pharaoh's army chases God's people to the Red Sea. Moses parts the sea. Well, God parts the sea through Moses. So horse and rider are thrown into the sea. That's the, the song of mm-hmm. Miriam slash Moses. So last week you preached on the aftermath of the Passover. And then they... They go to Mount Sinai. They're led to Mount Sinai. And uh, Moses goes up the mountain. While Moses is on the mountain, he ends up being up there 40 days, 40 nights. No, There's no telling how long he would have been there because it's on that 40th day that the people are, they make this, go, this idol for themselves. And God says, ah, oh, those people go down there and fix that. <laughs> and so Moses does, and it gets very bloody, which I, we didn't read. And so we're picking up the story today. After the law has been given to Moses, the people have, I mean, I think unwittingly violated the second commandment, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody was with me on this, right? They, how would they know it's the yeah, second commandment, know. right? They hadn't come down yet. Like the way, the way Exodus, and I went back and reread it several times because it's easy to think that the people are receiving the law the whole time, but it's actually just Moses on the mountain talking to God. Yep. So the people don't know any better. They don't know any better. I mean, they, for all I know, Pharaoh's you know, got his army back together across the Red Sea and is on, his, on their heels. Yeah. So anyway, Moses breaks up this party that his brother's throwing <laughs> at the request of the Israelites, and then they, they pack up and move. I mean, there's a second set of tablets and all that. Because some tablets get broken. Well, you're thinking of the history of the world, part one. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I give you these 15, yeah. 10 commandments. Sorry, is that what you're talking about? Mel Brooks. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> and then and then isn't there something in the Bible where some get broken? Exodus. Well, um, he, they do. And Moses doesn't end up rewriting them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He edits them. So no. Um. Okay. So a lot's gone on. You skipped over a lot, but you can learn more about that in your Exodus what class. Else, what else do you think I skipped over? The man, yeah. the man and the quail, and all that. Well, yeah. There's just little things, yeah. but you'll probably cover that in your Exodus class that mm-hmm. starts mm-hmm. on September 18th. Mm-hmm. You can still sign up. That's exactly right. So, um, and I don't think we're at the same enrollment of, as Monday morning women's Bible study. I haven't looked yet. You get alerts and tell me you haven't looked. I don't. I don't think I've. Reagan's had very one. competitive. In case anyone's wondering, uh, we both are. No, I'm we very just, chill. I just like to announce it in senior stuff. <laughs> How many did you have this week? Oh, that's cute. A little small group. That's adorable. I had a little small group. <laughs> so, so anyway, this is a plug for everybody to come to yes. between the lines. Yeah. Okay. And if you got to choose between the two, choose between the lines. No. No. Um, okay, so you already talked about the chaotic part of the Hebrew people leaving, but I think 
Oh, so we've acknowledged that many of us cannot relate to anything mm-hmm. remotely like that. Right. I also think we love to skip over those kinds of parts and be like, oh, look, they just, they made it over and things were great. And we're like, oh. So um, why do you think, I mean, I kind of know the answer. Do you think we have a really hard time looking at these harder parts in scripture of our salvation history? Um, yeah, so say more about that. Well, I feel like in... So I can tell you... Um, like I feel like everybody knows the golden calf story. Yes. Or not everybody, but most... most I mean, people. I, isn't it like a Sunday school story that we teach to kids, or am I making this up? I'm pretty sure it's probably I mean, in a lot a of... it's a sanitized Bible. version. Yes, for sure. Well, I guess... Okay, so for me, I struggled week two when I f- was first thinking about what I was going to preach about with this whole deliverance. I'm like, I don't want to preach a message that's just, okay, um, God's going to deliver and make everything okay mm-hmm. for you. Like, I really had to think about how I, I, w- I don't want to say anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I think with these stories, we have to look at the parts that were chaotic, that were not so pretty, whether it's to appreciate God's deliverance or God's grace or whatever, but to debunk the whole thing. Like, if you just believe or pray hard enough, things will be sunshine, you know, and rainbows. So I don't think we realize, like, the suffering... I kind of even skipped over, like, the suffering that the Hebrew people went through for so long. Mm. I'm like, oh, look, now they get delivered. <laughs> even though I know so much more of this story, mm-hmm. I think it's like our minds just can't even, they don't want to think about the negative or hard parts. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't want to go this, or let me just think about how how good things are and how things all came to be. I don't know. Maybe that's just my own doing, but I think some people maybe struggle with that. Mm-hmm. It's like we have to extrapolate. We don't hear a whole lot about the oppression of... God's people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's 430 years of history there that's packed into like, I don't know, 15 verses or something. So we do have to use our imaginations to wonder, like to remind ourselves of how bad it must have been. Mm-hmm. But I know if we were part of a Jewish community, we would be very cognizant mm-hmm. of all the ways that God has intervened for God's people over the, over the centuries. We spend so much time, rightfully so, talking about Jesus that we sometimes lose sight of that ancient part of our history. Mm-hmm. So, like at and during Lent, we're going to do that. We're going to take a pretty deep dive on the Ten Commandments in the context of this whole story, and that'll give us a chance to to spend a little bit more time on that. Yeah, because the other thing we do, again, understandably, so is talk about salvation much more as a personal thing, and as as opposed to a group thing. Mm-hmm. And in this part of our history. It's not about the individual at all. Mm-hmm. It's all about the group. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good that's a good point. Okay, so why did the Hebrew people build that calf? <laughs> <laughs> I just had one line in the sermon about it, but I mean they'd spent four hundred and thirty years around people who's who had idols all around them. <laughs> like that was the way that they communed with the divine. And so they had their own thing, their own story kind of, but we don't really know what it looked like, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Abraham sacrificed a couple of animals, but there was no there was no temple cult by this point. There was no law by this point. So we don't really know about the religiosity of the Hebrews at this, at this stage of their salvation history. And so here they are in the middle of the desert waiting on the main guy who's disappeared. If you, you know, if you read the text closely, there's like a cloud, and there, I mean, there's clearly something going going on up the mountain. But the guy who had bailed them out kind of abandoned them, mm-hmm. kind of indefinitely. Yeah, and so that's when they they challenge Aaron and say, "Look, we need some security here. We need we yeah. need we need a God to be with us down here because who knows when Moses is uh-huh. coming back." So sympathetically, they demand an idol because they're scared, 
And I think that and the reason I wanted to do, talk about that whole partition, the whole recent example of the partition is because, you know, if you know any of the stories of that mass migration, you know that it's incredibly disorienting and unsettling. And I think it helps us um, be more sympathetic to the plight of the Israelites. And by the way, I, I looked for the right image mm-hmm. <laughs> for the golden calf. Wow. If you, go, if you Google golden calf, there's a lot of very cheesy Ooh. depictions of the golden calf. So I went with a kind I, of abstract. I always, go, I always go for cheesy. Cheesy, that's your jam? <laughs> that's my jam. So that, you know. Well, um, I've decided to go with the more... Uh, Mark Schakal is a Jewish, right, is a Jewish artist. So um, I wanted to go with kind of a more abstract, mm-hmm. modern-ish depiction than, than cheesy. Yeah. Um, but no, I think you raise a good point, is that when people are under extreme stress or they're in a crisis... They often go to things that are familiar, that are comfortable, that are, I mean, it's, it's not the same, but like if I'm in distress or a lot of people, what do you do? You you buy, you go buy crappy food. <laughs> you don't do things that are necessarily good for you, right. but you, you cling to things that you know. But I'm like you and probably a lot of our readers that they read that and are so judgy, but then you forget like, can you imagine being that disoriented, so much chaos, and you're looking for something that brings comfort to mm-hmm. you and that's what brought comfort to their people for a long time mm-hmm. so and it, i think it's also really important for us to remember they have no idea where they're going mm-hmm. i mean nobody's been to the promised land in 430 years like mm-hmm. so that's i mean there is no there, there's no equivalent for us we just have we, there's no. no way for us to wrap our heads around that so you made a joke last week about how kids saying are we there yet that's because it feels like when you're in the car going to, you know, you have no sense of time or where yeah. you're supposed to end up. Of course, you're just going to keep asking that question over and over again. Obviously, these are not a group of children, but uh, these are God's children. And they're on this, on the move in a very um, uncertain, to a very uncertain future. Yeah. We know that it's not uncertain. Yeah. But. At the time. Right. I mean, they're like, wait. Did we just get bamboozled by this guy named <laughs> right. Moses? Well, and they say it, or like some of the stuff that we skip over is yeah. they're like, oh, you're just going to bring us out. Why don't we just die in mm-hmm. Egypt in slavery uh-huh. rather than die out here in the middle of nowhere with no food and water? Yeah. And then Moses is like, oh, fine, that's fair. God, mm-hmm. we need some more food. Yeah, we need and then some. they get manna and then they get water. You know, I mean, like, yeah. uh, so Moses is constantly, he's kind of the father figure who's constantly interceding for the, the grumbling people. Yeah. And, most often when we read the stories about the grumbling people and the whole back to Egypt committee, it's in a kind of dismissive way. Like, gosh, you guys are in God's hands. How could you possibly be so whiny? Mm-hmm. And um, even God, <laughs> at the start of the reading for yesterday, was like, you know what? Fine. Y'all are, you'll get there because I told you we're going to get there. But it's gonna, an angel is going to take you. I'm not even going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Um, <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah. the, it's the passive-aggressive parent. <laughs> yeah. Be like, uh, yeah. Well, I'm sure a lot of them thought, like, is this place that's milk and honey, is this just a myth? It's just this, is this some dumb story that was, that was passed down exactly. generation and it actually doesn't exist? feel better while we're in slavery? Yeah. Right. I mean, you can go through all kinds of things. No wonder they fought Because at the foot of Mount Sinai, there was no milk and honey. No. So, we're, we kind of already talked about this. When Moses is getting the law, the people are down building the calf, <laughs> not knowing what's going on, so we got to give them grace. But... It kind of reminded me of sometimes in the moment that um, we often take things in our own hands rather than having a little bit of trust and weight in God at, oh, yeah. at times, you know. Um, have you had any, like, moments where you wanted to—because you've mentioned, I'm not 
that you kind of like to control things. <laughs> so how do you deal with that when you're like, I really want to take control of this, but I know I need to wait or I need to trust? Well, I think um, that's, a complicated, that's a complicated question. So I, that's a, first of all, it's a spiritual discipline mm-hmm. to do something that's not in your nature. And so in the case of the Israelites, it brings up the question of what was in their nature. So they, they had been under the thumb and the heavy hand of Pharaoh for all these years. We don't hear of any kind of rebellion or anything like that. So I guess what I'm saying is their social location was having been led for so long, albeit in an oppressive way. So then what do they do when they have a sense of when they finally are freed? They're freed for what? Which is the question they bring up. Yeah. Free to, you know, they're freed to suffer in the wilderness as opposed to in Egypt where there was, you know, water and food at least. Mm-hmm. But your question was about me, how I... Uh, how how we how you handle a, a situation where you're out not in control? Yeah, grin and bear it, I guess. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. the past couple of years of COVID, we I feel, I feel like we all mm-hmm. haven't had any kind of sense of control. Yeah, over the way, like yeah, we had these old models of what was successful in church work and all that kind of stuff, and having to rethink all that um, prayerfully, ideally. We had a roadmap, and now we don't. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously it's very different than the Exodus, but um, there are probably similar lessons of trust and reliance on God's grace, which does show up yeah. uh, a little later in the reading. Yeah. <laughs> I find it, uh, the whole control and having faith, I find that I use that a lot in parenting, not wanting to control my <laughs> uh, my children um, and let them kind of figure out things or fail or you know, all that kind of stuff and rather just trust like they'll figure it out. And that's, that can be hard because you want to like mold them. Uh-huh. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've learned that since becoming a parent. Read this quote from your, from your uh, sermon. Okay. So this is at the point of the sermon where we're kind of in the third section. So we've read the entire text and God has decided to show grace. I mean, so the first, the first example of grace is God saying, well, I'll still get you there, but I'm not going to go with you. And then Moses said, <laughs> he kind of appeals to God's ego. He's like, how is anybody going to know that you're really God if you leave us, you know, abandon us? And God says, all right, fine, I'll go with you. And what I was talking about is uh, that Moses convincing God to give us a do-over is good news for all of us. And I wrote uh, and said... Because both the saintliest saint and the most inveterate sinner alike face crisis moments in our journeys of faith. None of us is perfect. None of us has it all figured out. None of us is immune from the occasional misstep or moment of doubt. That's part of the faith journey is, I mean, I, I don't know anyone, I don't know anyone whose faith journey has been linear. You start here with a little bit of spirituality and you just continually grow in your spirituality and your love for God and neighbor until you end, end up in heaven someday. Mm-hmm. That's just not typically the way it works. And I, I mean, I personally don't know anybody who's done it that way. So we, you know, we wander sometimes. We we do things that uh, we know are not God's will for us or pleasing to God. I mean, depending on, everybody's language is different around that. But knowing that the God of grace didn't just show up at the empty tomb, <laughs> that it's actually always been this way, is a really, really comforting thing. Now, the Beekner quote that I used at the end, like, I, uh, I don't believe God does it all for us, right? I believe that we have a part. And so the end of the Beekner quote is, there's a catch <laughs> to grace, and that is that you have to receive it. You have to accept it. You have to participate. 
and 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 Beekner in his just brilliant way says, and maybe that's a gift too that we have the ability to do that. And so um, I said it in the sermon. I think it's easy for us to dismiss some parts of the Old Testament as being a previous. It's like um, revision one of God, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we yeah. have the better revision two of God. <laughs> yeah. And the way my old mentor, who I mentioned in the benediction yesterday, Jack Sober, used to talk about it, is that God's nature does not change. Like God's, God's eternal. It's, it's our understanding of God's nature that changes. I thought that was a very helpful way to, yeah. to, to understand how God shows up in the Old Testament versus the New Testament. It's very much more about the humanity in the Bible than the divinity. The point is that we all need grace, and it's always been available. And if we're willing to accept it, um, there's a repentance thing in there, which is probably a, a worthy sermon, but that wasn't where we were yesterday. God's grace is always good news. So I shared a, a tweet on Instagram. Um, so as a pastor shared that scripture always points to these four truths. I love you. I am with you. Don't be afraid. You can come home. I thought that was, I don't know. I kind of liked that. I do too. I think there's probably a fifth one. Yeah, if you were to add to it, what would it be? Um, there are expectations, <laughs> right? I mean, God does want us to do stuff. So it's not just all about what God does for us. There are There's a fair amount of scripture that's about what we're to do for God in the world. So to the extent that I would say that's reductionist, that's all, the only reason why. I mean, I think those themes are absolutely consistent from beginning to end, which was a fun thing to say on the day we gave our third grade Bibles out. Yeah, our third grade Bible giveaway. <laughs> Your giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in there for all that? Yeah. That <laughs> Were so... you there when I said it at first? Because uh-uh. you guys came in a little bit late. Yeah, right? we did. Yeah, third grade so Bible giveaway. Ashley and Blake sit in the balcony, so it's mm-hmm. really easy to see them come in and out. Yeah. 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 And I said, we have a third grade. So I, it was during the announcements. I'm like, hey, it's a big day. We have our third grade Bible giveaway. And I was looking at Whitney when I said it, and she's like, she made, me a, they made a face at me. Oh, so funny. <laughs> and then so... Uh, Reagan boom roasted me. Did you hear? Were you in there when she said uh-uh. it's like we're going to have a T-shirt cannon for Bibles? Did you hear that? I go. I just turn around. And go giveaway. Really? Give Are we shooting these at a T-shirt cannon? Oh you get a Bible and you get a Bible. It's hilarious. I can't imagine a Bible like hitting a child in the face, just <laughs> taking them those out. Bibles. Oh, like, man. Go, Meredith loves those, loves those Spark Bibles because they're substantial, mm-hmm. but the flip side is they are substantial. Man. Some of those third graders, it's half their weight. I felt like they were going to them. Yeah, it's they half their them. weight. Yeah. They, they can hold the door open, that's for sure. <laughs> they certainly can. Those are really good Bibles. Yeah. No, I enjoyed the concentration that was at play for all the kids who were, I could just tell, were like, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. Because <laughs> we asked them to receive this heavy Bible. Yeah. yeah. And and it's adorable because, like, I want to kind of banter with all of them because yeah. I'm off mic, you know? Uh-huh. And they're like, like this is an official moment. Like, yeah. they're like, why are you talking to me? Just give me my Bible so I can walk over you here. You were doing fist bumps and some of them were like, them he were knows like, how to fist bump. What? Like, why are you, why are you trying to punch me? And then um, one of the kids <laughs> were real close with that with that family, and I tried oh, to uh-huh. hug her, and she's like, "Got stressed out." She's like, "Excuse me." Oh, so right, good thing no one's watching us. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Just gonna rewind that on the live stream. Everybody did so well. No one cried. Not a single tear. No. You know. No. You never know. It was great. It was. Um, <laughs> it was so good. It was. It was a really. It was a good morning. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I felt like it was a great Sunday. Mm-hmm. Anything from that? really comforting from that scripture something that you really take away from that I mean I'm not honestly I'm not sure I would preach from 33 again okay we're, we're picking kind of um, I mean so Exodus 3 is obviously real famous one the burning bush mm-hmm. but the, the one you read 15 we that's not that doesn't come up a lot 
but it like it gave us the ability to kind of encapsulate a lot that had happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And same here. I preached on the golden calf more than once, and I felt like I'd rather just focus on something post-golden calf. Yeah. So uh, next week, we're, we're jumping all the way to Deuteronomy, which is Moses' farewell. So so anyway, your question is, is there anything particularly comforting in, the, in 33? I don't... Ah. <laughs> Originally, I had the whole thing in the plan. And then I was last week, I was going through it. And I'm like, yeah, I think we can probably... Because it, like what, we, what ended up on the cutting room floor from 33, which was originally part of the reading, is that <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing. Moses is like, can I see your face? Yeah. And God's like, no. You can pat. Is that the part I'll pass here, the backside? Yeah, you can see the back of my head or something. The backside. It, back back it is weird. It's you so can weird. see my backside. And then, and, then, <laughs> and, then, and then he ends up glowing. And I thought, man, that is, that's a really weird passage. And I think we'll, just leave, <laughs> we'll leave that for Bible yeah. study. That's so. got some arrested development vibes. <laughs> <laughs> see my backside. That's so weird. Well, I feel like that like, should be a sound bite. Yeah. You can see my backside. It's actually one of, the, one of the examples where it's probably like multiple traditions that mm-hmm. were interwoven in the mm-hmm. same thing. And so Moses intercedes for the people and then he wants to get something for himself. And God's like, what yeah. are you talking about? No, you know the rules. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the it's the theology that's comforting yeah. more so than the, like mm-hmm. we even had a hard time picking out a verse to read at the start of the mm-hmm. A lot of the story is a very uncomfortable mirror. It just, a lot of human whoopsies that just... Whoopsie daisy. Just a lot of whoopsies. So thanks for covering my people. Can I get a freebie? (laughs) Can Can I get... get, Can I get a rabbit's foot? Yeah. Can I get a little souvenir? (laughs) Anything to remember you by? A poppet? Yeah. (laughs) And when you read it, it's almost like, it's like, I don't know. God is, is awesome in this chapter because... I can so relate. I mean, I love my children more than life itself. We're teaching Max how to drive right now. It's exciting. And no, it's not exciting. <laughs> it's not even a little bit exciting. And it's it's like emotionally intense uh-huh. for him and for us. And mm-hmm. and so um, I just I could relate to the God that's like, oh my God, like <laughs> throws up his hands and is like, fine, you get there, that's fine, but I'm not going with you. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna sit here, <laughs> enjoy it. I'll watch. Y'all go ahead. I have to remind you to use your blinker one more time. <laughs> it's, it's complicated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so parenting is complicated and mm-hmm. um, emotionally, like it's emotionally complicated. So in this case, like, okay, let's just take the teaching your child to drive. Mm-hmm. The stakes are really high. Like you can really hurt somebody. You can really hurt yourself. Like you can, you can do a lot of damage with this vehicle and, it, and it's such a nuanced thing. Mm-hmm. And this is where Whitney and I were talking about it quite a bit yesterday. It's like making a, making a turn from a major intersection to a major intersection. Going left is one set of things that you do. Going right is a different set of things that you do with the vehicle. And then if you're turning right into a neighborhood off of a major street, that's a very different. Like, it's not just a right turn, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's a complicated thing that, you, that by this point, anyone who's been driving for many years is, is unconsciously competent at. You don't necessarily know how to teach it. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is I feel God on this. <laughs> like he's, he's like, look, it's just I'm just hang out down there. I'm not, I brought you this far. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you. It's going to be fine. And they're like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, it's understandable what, how the people are responding. It's understandable God's frustration when they respond the way they do. So there's the thing about God in the Old Testament. I think the reason these stories tend to be, become Sunday school stories is because it has this kind of anthropomorphic mm-hmm. um, 
mm-hmm. presentation where, I mean, God's omnipotent, right? I mean, we, we have all this sophisticated theology. Of course, he knows that he probably could have conveyed the law in a quicker time than 40 days, <laughs> yeah. knowing how the people are going to react down, down below. Um, but that's not the way the story goes. And mm-hmm. so, anyway, I guess it's comforting that... Um, that we can relate to God in that way. Mm-hmm. And it's comforting that even when God gets frustrated, that doesn't change God's love for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a very Methodist way to understand yes. God, by the way. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. I've enjoyed the series. I've gotten like tons of positive feedback. Like taking a deep dive on particular characters, particular circumstances is a, I think it's a healthy way to approach some of these texts that are, that are multivalent. They're not straightforward. <clears throat> they reveal very important and basic theology, but there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So next week we're going to wrap up, or this coming Sunday we're going to wrap up, jump all the way ahead to the end of the story, and we'll be in Deuteronomy. All right, y'all. I'm sure next week we'll open up with more fun and coffee talk. You won't be here because you're going to be at your professional development group. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it'll be me and Stephanie. Has yeah. Wife, have you told Stephanie? Yes, that? she's confirmed. Excellent. And Surprise. she's not preaching this week. I thought maybe I'd interview her about her sermon, mm-hmm. but she's... They're doing modern music in the morning. Oh, that's right. This weekend. So you're um, on deck. Yeah. Yep. It's all good. Look forward to it. All right, y'all. Thank you for spending some time with us uh, midweek. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Off Script. God bless. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Off Script. It was hosted by Reverend Chris Dowd and Reverend Reagan Gilland. Produced by Ashley Danner as a part of the Christ United Podcast Ministries. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.